0: Welcome back to the Alcohol Tipping Point podcast. I am your host Maisner. I am a registered nurse, a health coach, and an alcohol-free badass. And today on the show, I have Glenn Doherty Jr., is a personal development coach who helps men get rid of their vices, become sober, and get in peak physical shape all by improving their mindset. I'm really excited to have you on, Glenn. And I just want to hear your story and how you're helping people. It looks like you are four years sober and you're just like out there sharing your tools. And I love mindset work. Like I feel like that is key. So welcome, welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> Definitely excited to get some more into my story. And yeah, and so my my sobriety date and it was is October 20th, 2018 and it's been a journey (laughs) i don't know how far back you want me to go but you know the path to sobriety has been interesting to say the least the things that you know i've gone through especially in my marriage friendships just life in general it's it's had its ups and downs so certainly interested to get you know into my story a little more and explain to you guys how i got to this point and what i'm looking to do going forward
0: well, now we want to know. But, well, we were talking before we started recording. You're in Illinois, you're in the Chicago area. That's Can you right. just give a little bit more of an intro about who you are and what you yeah. do?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, married father of two, two boys. They're, oh my goodness, my oldest will be driving soon. So, he'll be 15 next month. <laughs> and our youngest, he's 12. And yeah, grew up originally from Chicago. been all over the chicagoland area different uh, suburbs due to you know my parents were divorced at an early age so that uh, has had an impact as i've gotten older but uh, as you stated i'm a mindset and fitness coach I, i help men become sober and that's been my purpose that that's what i focus on sharing my story helping people with their sobriety and so my wife and i you know we have a podcast as well it started out with you know, just sharing some lessons from our relationship, which has been very interesting. A lot of the issues stem from my drinking, <laughs> of course. And yeah, we've been divorced. We've gotten back together, got engaged, and actually got remarried a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> oh, so,
0: congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> But the things have been great.
0: <laughs> Love it. Well, yeah. yeah. So let's just start with like what your experience was with drinking and just how you yeah. came to be now four four plus years sober.
1: Yeah. You know, drinking really took off once I got to college. You know, when you're a teenager in high school, yeah, you might sneak off and drink a beer here and there, have those parties your junior and senior year. But once I got to college, that's when things really took off. I got to college, went away to Bradley University. And for some reason, I was very popular when I got to Bradley. And that played a part in, you know, me developing and maintaining this persona as this party guy, this ladies man. And drinking every weekend in college it was pretty normal right you you go away it's a normal thing so you don't think it's a problem you know you're going that's what that's part of the college experience but once i graduated college i continued the same habit of going out and drinking every single weekend and i'll never forget i got my first dui when i was about 26 25 26 and for some reason that didn't stop me from drinking I don't even remember getting arrested for the DUI <laughs> I just remember sobering up and I'm a, I'm in the back of a police police car then I'm in a holding cell and then I had to deal with that for court for a couple of years and but the behavior of me drinking continued and there were several arrests after that 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 occurred but it started to impact my relationship with my wife because I was out late at night, coming home two, three, four o'clock in the morning. If I would even come home some days, <laughs> you know, some days it was seven, eight o'clock in the morning. And with her being a stay at home mom at the time, we're only relying on my income. And so from her perspective, there's kind of no way out, right? She's depending on me and sort of dealing with what i'm giving her which is a lot of heartache and and frustration and it wasn't until i got to the point where admittedly i ended up having an affair with a coworker. okay and this is what you know broke our relationship when i was having the affair it got to a point where obviously i knew this was the wrong thing to do and i started going to therapy first to figure out okay I'm unhappy in my relationship I'm having this affair that's why I wanted to go to therapy to fix myself and my relationship to figure out hey what path do I take you know do I end my relationship with my long-term you know girlfriend she's my girlfriend at the time ended you know, up being my fiance or do I choose this person that I'm having this relationship or ultimately be by myself but as I continue to go through therapy, it evolved from fixing that issue and then fixing the drinking issue. And for me, I was a binge drinker. So whenever I would go out to drink, there was really no off switch. And leading up to finding out that, hey, what my issue is, is called binge drinking. I had to kind of figure that out. I didn't know that that was a thing. You know, I, I tried AA And I felt like it didn't resonate with me because I didn't feel like I was addicted to alcohol. Like I could go weeks, months without consuming alcohol. But once I did, it's just all night, you know, (laughs) drinking and drinking. And so as I continued therapy, I ended up ending the relationship that I was having outside of my marriage. Several months later, that person reached out to my wife, explained everything that happened. And then that's when... We started the divorce proceedings, understandably so. And once the divorce was final, you know, that's when I realized, like, I really messed up. You know, I I lost my family and it hurt so much because coming from a family where my parents were divorced when I was young and, and I totally understand why they did it but having a nuclear family was something that I always wanted. And same with my wife, because she kind of grew up in a similar situation where her parents were divorced. And so realizing that that goal was now shattered, now I'm having to pick up the pieces and change my life. And what led to us getting back together was I admit I prematurely started a relationship. So our our divorce was final in February, 2017. And I'm kind of in the midst of a relationship. And several months after that, it started getting serious. And once my wife found out that I was with someone, her issue was, hey, you, you put me through the ringer for over 15 plus years. Now you're getting your life together someone else is reaping the benefits of that, like, whoa, you know, it was totally unexpected for her and myself. But at the end of the day, I knew that that relationship wouldn't last because as I'm getting myself together to eliminate drinking from my life completely, this person I was dating was just as a heavy drinker as I used to be. That was something that I was trying to get away from, but they're kind of still in that element. And so it was almost as if I was dating myself, like, oh, this is what my wife must have dealt with (laughs) when she was with me. And so once that occurred, we had a conversation and said, hey, you know, do we want to try this again? Do we want to get back together now that you've gotten your life back together? And we both said yes. And it moved pretty fast. You know, we ended up getting a house together about three or four months after we decided to get back together we got engaged a few years after that but it took a lot of couples counseling we went to couples counseling and then we had our own individual counseling as well and so that's what got us to the point where we're at now in terms of mending our relationship and just overcoming all those obstacles that we had and and Make a long story short, you know, there there's definitely a lot more to unpack within that timeline, but that's kind of my journey of, you know, how alcohol impacted, you know, my relationship with my wife and how we got to this point where things are now fixed and and we're remarried. So it's it's been quite the journey. But, <laughs> so. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, healthy people have healthy relationships, right? And so you had to work on yourself and remove the alcohol to then give it another chance and good for you all for just being brave and giving it another chance. That's really neat.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And I had no idea. Neither one of us had any idea that that would happen, you know? So once, once the divorce was final, you know, I didn't expect us to get back together. You know, she left as she should have. <laughs> you know, that's that's the one thing that you don't want to do is is step outside of your marriage combined with all of the things that occurred while I was drinking. So I had no idea that this would happen, but it, it did. And, you know, our kids are happy and that that's the most important thing, because that was an adjustment being a (laughs) co-parent for Mm -hmm. several months you know you're used to seeing your kids every day and now it's oh I I get them on the weekends now and trying to make the weekends fun while they're with dad and then having to drop them back off at their mom you know that that reminded me of what I went through and so that was something that I that I had to get over and, and work through
0: yeah so you you were a binge drinker i think it's really important to distinguish that or just like point out like you don't have to be an everyday drinker to change your drinking or to have a problem with drinking right a lot of people like you said you were one of them you could go days weeks without drinking but when you did like you were on
1: oh man (laughs) on all night And that, so there were two instances where I attempted AA. So my mom, she took me to an AA meeting in Chicago on the South side. And I was still fairly young and I'm listening to the people share their stories and there was some, there was some arrogance on my end because I'm thinking, Hey, you know, my issue isn't this bad, you know, because. Hey, these folks are addicted. They have to have their alcohol every day. That's not me. I only party here and there. So I don't think I need to do this. So we did that one meeting. And then years later, I attempted another meeting where I went to an AA meeting before the meeting started. I'm reading the materials. And I said, you know what? I don't think this is for me. And I left before the meeting even started. <laughs> so. But it wasn't until I started to research and realize, you know what? I, I think I do have a problem. I just don't know what it is yet. You know, I can go long periods of time without drinking, but why is it that when I do drink, I can't stop? And so just using Google, I found this term binge drinking. I didn't know that the term existed before I found this. And so as I'm reading up on binge drinking it was an aha moment it was like okay now i've identified exactly what my issue is you know because before i couldn't pinpoint i just knew that i would drink all night and not stop but once you're able to identify the problem then you're able to start fixing it so yeah back then it was very arrogant and naive of me to think that i didn't (laughs) have a problem just because I didn't need alcohol every day, every day, but that that was a problem. It was it wasn't it was a problem. Been drinking, it definitely is is uh, it's alcoholism, yeah.
0: I and I think a lot of people do that, no matter what their drinking looks like, because you compare <laughs> yourself to others and you're like, well, I'm not that bad, or I'm not drinking daily, or I haven't you know had any consequences, or, or whatever it looks like. I I think we all have done that where we would rather convince ourselves we don't have a problem than admit and take responsibility that we do have a problem.
1: Exactly. Yeah. The, the, yeah, a a huge lack of responsibility, lack of accountability. And you're also kind of negotiating, negotiating with yourself saying, Hey, it's not that bad. So I can continue doing what I'm doing. Right. Just making up an excuse (laughs) to, continue the behavior, because for me, there was a lot of fun involved when I would drink. Yes, there were legal issues (laughs) that I experienced during my drinking. However, there were a lot of good times that occurred. And so realizing that, hey, I'm still having fun. It's it's hard to break away from that, you know. Well, how did
0: you yeah. How yeah. did you break away and just kind of stop that pattern?
1: Yeah. So, once my wife and I got back together, that's when I decided, okay, I'm just I'm only going to drink on occasion. And as I'm healing and going through therapy, I would only drink on occasion. You know, there were moments where I would binge drink, but it was less destructive, and I think that's because I was healing. However, there was a situation that occurred, which led me to stop drinking completely that October 20th, 2018, I was leaving a job to go to another one. And my coworkers at the time took me out to celebrate, you know, my, my new job. I was leaving the, 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 company and, and, and moving on. And so we went to a bar and we're drinking, of course. And it got to the point where, hey, I started binge drinking. Then I end up, I don't remember anything until I wake up at my manager's apartment with her husband and her kids. So I'm on a couch and I'm looking up and there's these kids staring at me. (laughs) And come to find out, I get more information from my boss. Like, why am I here? And she's explaining that, hey, you were so drunk, you couldn't tell me where you live. So I kind of had no choice but to come home and bring you with me. And I sobered up, got home that morning, and just that ride home, I was just thinking to myself, like, man, I, I screwed this up again, you know? And my wife was obviously upset, and it was just reminiscence of what I had done in the past and that day I said I'm not screwing this up I'm giving up drinking it was like I'm done I had already been thinking about it and that's why it was so easy for me to say I'm done but that situation should it have happened of course not but it did and it led me to ultimately say hey I'm I'm sober now and let me start this journey of sobriety. So I didn't know what that was going to look like, but I just knew, hey, I just need to stop drinking. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Good. Good for you. So now you're, you're a personal development coach. You work on mindset. Like, how did that come to be?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. You know, for years, my wife has been telling me to, you know, share my story because it could help somebody and I heard it but I didn't know what that would look like you know okay hey I need to share my story but what does that look like you know what what do I do you know how do I do this and us starting the podcast was you know like I said us sharing our story our journey of our relationship because we had gone through so much that there were so many trials and tribulations that we know that there's a wide audience that could relate to our story. So during that, I started to share my story on certain episodes. However, you know, it just evolved to, hey, I can help people with what I was dealing with. They can identify with my story. Let me kind of niche it down and Yeah, I just realized, and I got a coach, too. So I got a coach that, you know, helped me with my mindset and become, you know, more disciplined, uh, really get into great physical shape. Health and fitness was something that I was always into. And the catalyst that got me to that was I was laid off from a job last summer. And that really impacted myself not necessarily us as a family because, you know, financially we were okay, but it made me realize like, you know, working in this environment is not always guaranteed. And so it got me journaling again and really figuring out, you know, Hey, what's my purpose. So I went back to those conversations that, you know, my wife and I was having to say, Hey, share your story. And at that time I got out of shape a little bit and I said, Hey, I'm going to get back in shape. And I hired a coach, got back in shape, and then that that coach just helped me realize, like, hey, this is my purpose. I'm supposed to help people with their sobriety, with their health and fitness, and I've been doing that ever since.
0: That's cool. So what kind of work were you doing before? I'm just curious.
1: Yeah, my career has always been in real estate finance. So okay. I started, yeah, originating loans like right before the 08 crisis, mm-hmm. and yeah. <laughs> yeah, been in <laughs> residential loan servicing. So I'm kind of still in that in, in that space right now. But uh, my ultimate passion and purpose is is helping other people.
0: I love it. Well, let's <laughs> help other people, Glenn. So Definitely. tell me, tell me some of your top tips for anyone looking to change their relationship with drinking.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I would say the first thing is to figure out why you're drinking, you know, and that path is different for everybody. And so, although I didn't fully experience AA, that may be the path for someone. Therapy may be the path for someone, or they're going to their pastor for whatever, you know, religious denomination they they practice, whatever that looks like, figure out why, uncover you know, the issues, you know, that you have internally, because drinking, you know, when we drink, we're either trying to, you know, manufacture some sort of, you know, false reality, you know, we don't want to face ourselves or certain circumstances that we're in, you know, so there's a wide range of reasons why we would start drinking. So I would say uncover that first and whatever path you choose, there's no right or wrong, but just start there and then once you uncover it, that gives you more mental clarity of, okay, I have this issue. I know why I have this issue. Now I want to change my life. So you have that, that clarity to change and then figuring out what you want to do after that. And I would recommend figuring out you know what your purpose and what you're passionate about and diving into that because there's going to be empty space and time. (laughs) So now you're not drinking on the weekends or during the week. So what do you fill that time with so that you don't fall back into those habits? And then ultimately, we're here to help other people. So once you figure out your purpose and and passion, then pay it forward and help other people do the same thing because it kind of helps you stay accountable with your sobriety as well.
0: Yeah. So uncovering your why. And and I think that's just like a a good place is just to become more aware because so much of what we do in life is on autopilot and we're just not even aware of it. And so taking the time to slow down and like really figure out like, okay, am I drinking because I'm stressed? I'm anxious? Or is it part of a celebration? Or is it You know, or is it just a habit or ritual that I've gotten stuck in? And so like awareness, just that always seems to be the first key of like behavior change. Right. I love that. And and then then you have the clarity to change. And like you mentioned, getting help and whatever that looks like for you, if that's with your church or online program or AA or whatever, or, or even like you did, just educating yourself can be so impactful educating yourself about the effects of alcohol alcohol in your health educating yourself about the different options out there for changing your drinking listening to podcasts reading the Quitlet, all that kind of stuff absolutely um, and then that purpose and passion like that comes up again and again like i it's just it, i i was thinking about this drinking journey like it's it's really like Waking up to the world because yeah. you've just been living life at like well, I don't know fifty percent,
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, you've
0: just kind of. I mean, really, when you're drinking, you're just in like a a fog, and yeah. so it is kind of waking an awakening um, and figuring out. What really gives your life meaning and purpose? And I see that so much with people when they give up drinking, they just start to pursue other passions or even going back to like what they liked when they were a kid and what brought them joy. And like you said, there's so much time.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's right. like a magic.
0: I I feel like a time traveler, like you want to create more time, give up drinking and you will uh, magically create more time in the day. That's for sure.
1: And, uh, and then
0: helping other people. So just, yeah, What well, I mean, that's partly why I do what I do. I just was like, when I get out of this, I, I remember telling myself that all the time, especially working as a nurse and a health coach anyway. I was just like when I get to the other side I'm I'm not going to leave people behind like I am going to be there. I'm I want to help people. I want to be someone that you can go to and be like, "Hey, I'm drinking too much. Can you help me?" and I will have mm-hmm. an answer for you cuz I felt like it was hard to get that answer from other people. Other like Like even therapists or even like at doctor's appointments or something, it was always AA. Like I tried that too. Well, I didn't, I shouldn't say I tried that. I thought about trying it and it was just (laughs) like, I didn't fit. Like you were trying to figure out where do I fit in this, in this like journey of, of drinking. It's really not black and white. I think that It's it's, it's been painted that way, like from Hollywood and stuff that it's, Oh, you're either like bottom-of-the-barrel problem drinker, alcoholic, or you're normal. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So anyway, just wanted to sum that up because I just think that's so helpful. Well, you call yourself a mindset coach partly, right? Or you talk a lot about mindset. So how where does mindset come in? What does that look like?
1: Yeah, I would say mindset is, you know, it starts with, you know, how you view yourself and you know what you want your life to look like because you know when you're drinking it's like you said you're you're on autopilot but you're at this sort of low level you know frequency state of mind and in order to change your life you have to change your mindset and you have to get out of that low level frame of mind and so you start by getting sort of at a baseline level of hey i'm no longer sad right because when we're drinking we're sad we're depressed we're frustrated it's getting to that next level to to where we're at like homeostasis if you will and then starting from there and then trying to get to an optimum level of of happiness high frequency and so Like I said, to get there, you have to unpack all of the negative thoughts and negative habits that you're carrying with yourself. And it, like I said, allows you to have more clarity. Once you unpack those things, once you're no longer carrying, you know, the regret, the negative habits, the vices, you're able to, you know, elevate to another level to where you have more purpose you're more happy in your life you don't have these negative habits you're substituting that with more positive habits and that's 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 the mindset it's the mindset of you know wanting to vibrate at this high frequency have more happiness how you view the world is a lot more different when you're sober than when you're drinking and you, you have to unpack that stuff and just developing a level of discipline to continue your sobriety and hold yourself accountable to where, you know, people want to be around you. You you want to accomplish things, you know, it's like you said, going back to your childhood, you start, you know, reliving some of these memories and remembering who you truly are and, and giving that person to the world. but. It it all starts with your mindset and going through that path of becoming this person, becoming who you want to be in life that, you know, you're happy with who you are. You're happy with who you're looking at in the mirror, ultimately.
0: Yeah. And I think that sometimes when we're giving up drinking or something, it can feel like we're depriving ourselves. But really, it's like, okay, what are you giving to yourself? what are you choosing to do? Like you get to give up drinking. You get to like live to your life's purpose and potential. Like you get, this is a gift and that again, like goes back to the mindset.
1: Yeah. Yeah. People look at, and I've said this before on my social media, that people look at discipline as this, you know, negative and sort of, you know, militant thing, (laughs) you know, being, being disciplined and, and not going back to you know negative habits and thoughts, that's that's a good thing because you maintain you know this clarity, you're you're, you're continuing to be a better version of yourself. So th- there's nothing wrong with with having some discipline, right and, and sticking with what you said it was that you were going to do, you know, holding your word to yourself that that that's the most important thing it's, it's not a bad thing there's such a negative connotation i was going to ask <laughs>
0: you like yeah what so what is your definition of discipline what does that mean
1: yeah dis- discipline for me it's it's doing the things that you need to do regardless of how you feel about it at mm-hmm. the time and 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 keeping your word to yourself right because a lot of people They operate in their feelings and off Mm -hmm. of motivation. Hey, I used to do the same thing, you know, before I got to this place. But operating out of feelings and motivation, you're only going to act or do things when you feel like it or when you're motivated to do it. But that always goes away. And so once that goes away, when you don't feel like doing it, then what? Right. It's the discipline that's going to carry you <laughs> to accomplish that task or do the thing that you, you said you were going to do. And so that's also holding your, your word to yourself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. And it it's so true. And I think a lot of people say, well, I'm not disciplined. I can't do that. Or, and I just like, I have to call people out on that. I'm like, yeah. do you feel like brushing your teeth every day? Do you feel like, picking your kids up from school do you feel like showing up to work like there are so many things we do in our life because they're just what we do we have to do them doesn't mean we enjoy them laundry comes to mind or whatever we just have obligations to do and so I think when you can realize like, oh, I am capable of of doing the things I need to do and what I said I was going to do. And sometimes I do them even though I don't want to. That's, yeah, that's just part of life is like 50-50, right? Sometimes it's awesome and sometimes it's awful. And we're, we do it all <laughs> because <laughs> that's what we're on the earth for, right? That's part of being human. It's just not going to be amazing all the time. and think when you can kind of let go of some of that like oh I mean even for me sometimes I'm like this is a shitty part of my job or this is a <laughs> shitty part of parenting right I mean and literally when think about when your kids were babies like you had to change their diaper nobody wants to change a poopy diaper <laughs> right that's but so you do it idea.
1: yeah you do
0: it because that's what you do and so i i I'd like to, like, dive into some of these concepts or work I always like to dive into, like, a word, like, discipline or something yeah, and just be yeah. like, well, what does that really mean? And what does <laughs> that really look like? And, you know, I think we get into all or nothing thinking, like, oh, I don't have any willpower. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You, d- I mean, you do. You, d- you need to give yourself more credit. Yeah. Um, and think about the stories that you're telling yourself, too.
1: Yeah, that that's it. Uh, a- it's a good point you made a good good comparison about you know things that we have to do when we don't feel like doing it and yeah you it makes you wonder why people don't apply that to areas in their life where they need to apply it like you said you why you have to pick up your kids my kids have extracurricular activities you know my son does football and track. Like, do I feel like going to a track meet, you know, right after doing all this work all day? Like, no, but I I have to, I'm going to go, you know, support them. I'm just not going to not show up. And so, yeah, you make a good point is you already have discipline with a lot of things. So why not apply it to that area or areas in your life where you need to apply it? So it's just a daily habit that you have to develop. And so I think that the challenge is that people want to go from zero to a hundred when it comes to discipline. Mm. It's, Hey, it's okay with taking baby steps. If you have to complete a few tasks every day to get you to your ultimate level of discipline, there's nothing wrong with that. You know? So if it's drinking or, you know, a lot of people like to lose weight, you know, with the new years, you know, so don't go from, eating the way you eat to just such strict eating in just a matter of days, like, okay, eliminate sugar, you know, one day and then don't eat out like you normally do for lunch while you're at work, right? Just starting to slowly change your habits and day by day, you keep your promises of the things that you're going to eliminate and it just becomes a habit, but don't try to go from zero to a hundred. <laughs> yeah. Fail. We want
0: it all right yeah. now. Yeah. So that kind of goes to like, you also help people get into peak physical shape. Yeah. So are you doing some diet and exercise training? Like, what does that look like?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So, you know, first is figuring out, you know, what, their macro nutrients are so it's figuring out hey how many protein fat carbs which ultimately leads to how many calories that you're going to consume on a daily basis that's the main thing you know they say that you know health and fitness it's it's 80% nutrition and 20% fitness and it's so true and so yes you know i have a workout program that they can do but if their nutrition isn't in order you know, you you won't see the progress that you need to, to see. And I'll give an example. I was a prime example of that. So when I got laid off, it's the summertime. I relaxed on my diet and I owned it. And I said, Hey, you know, it's summertime. I'm I'm enjoying time with the kids. I'll get back in shape. Right. And I was still training six days a week, but my nutrition wasn't in order. And so I gained a little weight, you know, <laughs> and that, and when I turned it around and said, Hey, you know what? Enough is enough. Let me dial it back. Let me, you know, get back in shape. Yeah. I fixed my nutrition. I was still literally doing the same type of training. The only thing that I fixed was nutrition. And so you have that byproduct of you start to look good after a while, right? You start to get into better shape and it builds that confidence But that morning routine, I think people underestimate, you know, a morning routine that includes, you know, working out, training in the morning. And so there's also an element of, you know, journaling and, you know, practicing gratitude. So it's not only the fitness part, but the mindset comes with the daily journaling, the visualization, the practice of gratitude. And waking up early in the morning and and completing these tasks so that you're able to attack the rest of your day. And so before you and I spoke, you know, I got all of those things done between 4 a.m. and 6.30. And so now I feel so much (laughs) better. I feel so much better.
0: (laughs) And I have to do that every day. (laughs) What time do you go to bed?
1: So that's the part that my wife makes fun of me about. (laughs) I go to bed at 8.30, no later than 9. It's like, okay. Yeah, she calls me old man.
0: (laughs) Oh, that is impressive. But you do it. You're committed to doing it. You're using your discipline and you feel good about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, Sundays are my rest day because I train six days a week. But Sundays, when I don't train, I actually kind of feel off, you know, and I was telling my wife yesterday, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna start training seven days a week. (laughs) She's like, why do you need to go lift weights seven days a week? I said, it helps me. So I said next Sunday. And I had been thinking about this for weeks and I just, I don't know if it's like the placebo effect if I'm just telling myself that I don't feel right if I don't lift weights in the morning, but it's part of my routine. Right. And so that one day, that part of my routine is missing, you know? And so I've noticed a difference. And so not saying that everyone else should do that, but for me, that's something that I need to do. But having a routine every morning that you stick with, it will impact how you feel and how you address the rest of your day.
0: Yeah, I th- that, I mean, we're creatures of habit and right. rituals too. Like we like rituals. So yeah, really like kind of also you, it is another like useful thing to do when you are changing your drinking is to shift your rituals and your routines to the morning mm-hmm. and going to bed earlier, eating dinner earlier. That yeah. can be really helpful for some people who find that they're drinking, you know, before dinner or at night. Like, Okay, eat your dinner at 4 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm serious. Like, eat <laughs> early and put yourself to bed early because that is going to help you so much. Because those hours used to be just taken up with drinking or thinking about drinking. And for yeah. most people, most people aren't thinking about drinking in the morning. And the morning is when they're the morning person who's never yeah. going to drink again, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> so, true. take
0: advantage of that and shifting your routine or rituals to the morning.
1: Yeah. If you can get yourself in a place where you're just operating at a, a higher state at the beginning of the day, it helps you to start making better decisions. So, it will become easier to, you know, not drink or, you know, attack or continue your sobriety and do the things that you need to do to to maintain your sobriety or you know elevate your mind state whatever it is that you want to accomplish you'll be able to do that you know once you get yourself in that state of mind and it, and it, for me i believe it starts with with what you do in the mornings yeah.
0: I want to ask you what what like relationship tips you have especially oh, when man. one person is a drinker and the other is not. Like what is your advice there?
1: Well, don't cheat on your partner. <laughs> For starters, ask a question, I would say communication is key. But before you get to that, it just goes back to what, what I said before. It's you know figure out your issues first right get to a point where you're healed and so once you do that if you are able to you know fix your relationship then you have to be on the same page because and i'll give an example you know once my wife and i made the decision to get back together about a almost a year went by where she I want to say out of the blue almost became unhappy because she realized that she really didn't unpack or deal with the issues of the past, especially around the affair, right? Because you think we got divorced in February, then we're having conversations about getting back together around July, August. So you're talking about just six months. And so while I went to therapy during that time, she didn't really go to therapy or try to heal from the trauma of our relationship and so once she realized that hey you know what I'm I'm unhappy I didn't deal with these issues that's when we started to go to couples counseling and so at that point I had to be more supportive towards her because at that time hey I'm yes I'm still kind of you know drinking on occasion before I decided to become sober but I'm pretty much healed from everything that we went through but she's not so I had to support her in you know her healing knowing that hey there's a chance that she might heal from this and realize that she doesn't want to be back with me and I just had to own that and not be afraid and just say hey at the end of the day you know she's someone I love she's the mother of my children she's my best friend however this is going to end up it's going to end up and I'm gonna be here to support her. And you know, after year and a half, couple years of of therapy, you know, she was able to finally make that switch to, you know, seeing me in a new light, no longer seeing me as the, you know, binge drinking Glenn of the past. She's she's now seeing me as this evolved person. And so, but it took having to, you know, drop my ego and and support her. We talked about our issues, we talked about what we talked about through therapy, and we just kind of worked as a team. So I would just say, hey, if you have to kind of pour into your partner more than they're pouring into you, you might have to do that in, in terms of, you know, mending your relationship and just having clear Communication and support, and just being on the same page. That's what's helped us. And I know everybody has a different situation in terms of their relationship, but those were some of the things that helped us mend our relationship. So if you still have a chance, (laughs) I would say, hey, focus on healing first and showing up so that they see you're making that change. Talking is one thing, but doing and being consistent is another. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And healing, like each person is on their own healing journey and and then you can come together on right. the same page. But, yeah. yeah. well, thank you for sharing that.
1: No, no problem. Thanks for asking. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that's 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 to me that's what it would take,
0: yeah. that's fantastic. Well, what are your plans for the future?
1: Yeah. you know, my plans are to impact more people <laughs> with. You know, what I'm doing in terms of, you know, the program that I developed to help people and then continue to, you know, share my story. It's been amazing to get involved with the sober community. And I'll admit that this was something that I missed out on during, you know, I guess my recovery and road to sobriety because, you know, it was just me and a therapist and me and my thoughts and journaling. And so hearing, other people's stories and being able to meet other people and identify with one another when it comes to the alcohol problems and you know kind of laughing at our you know war stories it, it's been great so I want to continue to do that work w- within the the sober community and uh, same with you know our podcast that I have with my wife continuing to grow that and and help people on the relationship aspect and and other topics that we dive into but, uh, yeah, just fully living in my purpose and wanting to, you know, help more and more people. That that's, that's really my focus going forward.
0: That's great. And how can people find you?
1: Yeah, they can reach out to me on Instagram mainly. That's where I'm the most active, at Glenn Doherty, J-R. That's G-L-E-N-N d-o-u-g-h-e-r-t-y-j-r and then also on instagram at about this life pod where you can check us out on about this life (laughs) we're on spotify itunes yeah
0: (laughs) so about this life pod is the one you co-host with your wife
1: yes yep Um, yeah that that was her brain child i was a little hesitant at first but i'm like all right let's do it i'm glad we did
0: I'm glad you did too because I think it's helpful for other people in relationships just to see a real life relationship, see like what you all have gone through and how you've made it on the other side and just be open and honest about it.
1: It's yeah, great. we've we've gotten a lot of positive feedback. So it 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 keeps us going. So we know we know we're on the right track. So we'll we'll continue to be upfront about things that we've gone through and you know, continue to help people
0: fantastic well (laughs) i'm so glad that we met and connected i want to thank you for coming on the show
1: yeah thanks for having me
0: thank you so much for listening to this episode of the alcohol tipping point podcast please share and review the show so you can help other people too